the vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. Yes, it can seem rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, and it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of your inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. Here on The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Welcome to the Christine Upchurch Show here live on KKNW AM 1150 in the Seattle area and Transformation Talk Radio around the world. You might also be watching live on Facebook Live on my professional page or on Transformation Talk Radio or after the fact on one of the dozens of podcasts that sends up. But wherever and whenever you're joining us from today, you're going to be grateful because we're going to be talking about an eye-opening kind of subject in a way that um, perhaps you haven't heard about yet because we are at a new stage of almost disclosure. But before we get into that, I want to say hello to the people behind the technology. Benny Mathers at KKNW. Good morning, Benny. Hi, Christine. Hopefully you are staying cool at the moment. Yes, I'm so fortunate to have a heat pump, which yeah. means it's not only heat, but air conditioner mm-hmm. when I need it. And um, oh my gosh, I cannot believe it's going to be well over 100 in the Seattle area. That's expected. That's projection. Yeah, I saw 108 uh, in Woodenville proje- projected for Monday. And, you know, most people in the Seattle area don't have air conditioners. So, you know, it's uh, it, it's going to be wild. It's gonna be, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's going to be wild and, totally. and uh, hopefully not too tragic. But, yes, of um, course. Yeah. Right. And hello to Jacob or Olivia or whoever's at TTR. Good morning. Hey there. How's it going? <laughs> Good. Olivia Thanks, Jacob. And you know what? I do not have air conditioning, so I will be covering oh. this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, Jacob. That's all right. I'm really excited about our guest today because we are going to be talking about extraterrestrial contact, but not the kind of contact, not just the kind of contact we've had for, you know, a variety of people over the last 50 years, 75 years, whatever it's been, but a type of disclosure where it may become much more widespread. And we've got a wonderful expert here today to talk about it, Alan Steinfeld. He is an explorer of consciousness, For 30 years, he has hosted and produced the weekly television series called New Realities in New York City. He's got 68,000 subscribers to his YouTube channel. His uh, videos have been viewed more than 20 million times. And he's also interviewed the kinds of people that that we've interviewed on this show. And um, but he talks a lot about spirituality and UFOs. And we're going to talk about that connection here today. For over five years, he has um, emceed the largest UFO event in the country, Contact in the Desert. I would like to welcome our guest today, Alan Steinfeld. Hi, Alan. Hey, thank you, Chris. Great to see you. I think I've worked with Ben Benny before on yes, this stage. Yes, you have earlier. Uh, well, actually, uh, last week, as a matter of fact, on another show right. here. Loretta yeah. Brown, yeah. wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yes. 
Yeah, great station you got here, Benny. Well, thank you very much. I don't take full responsibilities, or uh, <laughs> but I do what I can. But thank you for coming oh, back. Go ahead, Benny. Take yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> full credit. You're an important part of it. <laughs> well, I'll let you guys just do your show. That's great. Thanks. <laughs> All right. And of course, we've also um, we're also fortunate enough to be on Transformation Talk Radio as well, and um, we're we're grateful for that. Now, Alan, you know I've been following this subject certainly not as closely as you have, but I've been following this subject for decades mm-hmm. because I've had my own experience, and we can talk about that later. But I'm really curious. Let's start with the the bird's eye view here right now. Why is the conversation changing? Mm. That is a really good question that I don't think anyone has a solid answer for, but I'll give you what I, I think is going on. So there's three things. There's more sightings than ever in the sky. There seems to be some kind of fracture within those holding the secrets in government, like, well, it started in 2017 with the release of the um, black budget from the Pentagon, the Senate, $22 million were given to study UFOs, now called UAPs. I can talk about what that rebranding was about, going from UFOs to UAPs. So that's it. And so there's the ETs, there's us, and there's a change, if you want to get go there, in the vibration of this world where more people are are realizing that we're less dense, we're we're more energy than matter, and that seems to be a shifting paradigm. And these beings, whoever they are, I think function in that energy realm. So that's that's sort of little keys to why this is happening now. There's, I think the main thing is, though, something's changed within government. I think Luis Elizondo coming forward. you know who he is, Luis Elizondo? Um, I, the name's familiar. Remind me. Okay, he is is really, he's really central to the disclosure movement. He worked for advan- the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. That was the program that was given $22 million by Harry Reid to study the phenomena from 2007 to 2012. Alessandro was just a regular intelligence officer, didn't know anything about any of this. And he starts to look at these papers and goes, hey, there's something going on here. How come other people don't know we're being visited by, you know, little gray beings or whatever color they are this this year? So Alessandro starts to make a big deal and he and there's nobody willing to back him up. He leaves the Pentagon, although I don't know if you ever can leave the Pentagon, forms an, another organization. No, it's true. Forms another organization called To the Stars Academy, where these are civilians or people who've left the military coming forward and saying there's something going on. So what what happens now in the Pentagon is they disavow Elizondo for have, ever having worked there. He gets upset. He says, how could you do away with a whole 30-year career? He gets, I know it gets a little dramatic. He got I me, mean, it's he gets Danny Sheehan, who is a people's lawyer. You know who Danny Sheehan is? He Danny Sheehan 
defended Danny Ellsberg in the Pentagon Papers. He defended John Mack, who was a Harvard psychiatrist who said they were aliens. Uh, Danny Sheehan also stood up for Standing Rock. So he is like the people's lawyer. Elizondo hires Danny Sheehan to defend him for the smear campaign that seems to be happening against him because somebody doesn't like what Elizondo's saying about aliens. So that whole thing comes down where um, there's more going on than people have said. And Elizondo now has filed a whistleblower complaint with the inspector general, Danny Sheehan, this lawyer, the people's lawyer, has just gone to Congress and said, okay, there's a complaint and we're going to push this as far as we can. Um, you know, what are you going to do about it? So Sheehan, who's a really great lawyer, I feel, for us, the people, wants to push this to Congress, I, I think. He wants to get congressional hearings uh, out in the open about what they've been hiding for the last, really, 74 years since Roswell. So yeah, it's a yeah. big, big story with lots of moving parts. It's interesting, Alan, because a few weeks ago, I had somebody on who was in the military, and he was one of the first responders, responders at the Pentagon on 9-11. And um, he spent 20 days, and, and he's been coming forth saying things aren't as they have been reported because, you know, there are just a whole lot of inconsistencies. And suddenly, uh, the military is disavowing that he was ever there. So right. it's, it's the same kind of thing. It's, it's this... Um, there's cover-up upon cover-up upon cover-up. And yet, I agree with you that there's something about the frequency of the planet that has changed, as well as the fact that there are, um, there are so many inconsistencies right now within the context of what we're being told versus truth. Um, mm. And yes, there are a whole lot of people who are still asleep, but yet there are more and more who are awakening to the fact that we've been told lies, we have been sold propaganda, um, manipulated. So if, if that's the case, if more and more people are waking up, then A, um, it's, it may be a more of, of a threat to the powers that be within the context of our, you know, our, our 3D world. But also it could be that things are moving so that we do end up with a, a greater and more obvious disclosure. Right. That's the purpose of my book, is to push the envelope of how consciousness is involved in this, how we, as um, a much more complex, much more sophisticated beings, race of beings, and that's been repressed and suppressed by the powers that be that don't, for some reason, we can get to that, don't want to tell us who we really are the capabilities we have as non-local consciousness, the power to remote view, like right here, if we were empty enough of all our stuff, we could know everything about anything because our right brain, is, and I teach remote viewing, is not confined to this hardware machine, but it is a non-local, let's say it's like an internet that has access to all knowledge. We just have to get our old programs out of the way in order to realize this knowledge is right here. But the other big question I think you're asking sort of is why, why aren't they telling us what's going on? What is the big secret, right? I mean, why have we been playing this game for 74 years since Roswell? And why is it coming out now? So that's what you asked before. I think it's, I think, 
thing, first of all, they don't know how to explain this phenomena. They don't know what is going on. And that's one of the reasons they went from flying object to unexplained aerial phenomena. So they went from unidentified flying object, which really doesn't mean anything. If you saw a UFO in the sky, you identify it as unidentified. What would that even mean? You're just identifying. It's like doublespeak. But uh, this is more than an object. This seems to be a phenomena. These seem, this seems to affect time, space, perceptions. There seems to be a paranormal element. There seems to be synchronicities, telepathy. It's, it, it involves so much more. And this has been documented in the ATIP, um, if you look at their findings. So ATIP is, was the program that was sponsored and you could read up about them, look up ATIP documents. There were seven documents that were smuggled out of the Pentagon to talk about their research. So this is a phenomenon, and that's a hint to why they're not telling us what's going on, because this cannot be explained in ordinary terms. It was just, if it was just, yeah, there's people or beings visiting us from another planet, it would be much easier to explain, but there's more to this that makes it a lot more complicated and sophisticated than just visitors from outer space. Yeah, and and one of the things that um, the more I've learned about this, that it becomes more obvious to me is that the fact that at least some of these beings are really interdimensional. It's not about getting into yeah. a spaceship and flying, you know, millions of light years to get here, although there may be some that are doing that, but rather it's about sort of coming from some other realm into this 3D realm, or maybe even a 4D or 5D realm interacting with our consciousness as well as our physicality. And so that kind of is, is mind-boggling for people who are thinking in the 3D realm. But it, if we accept that aspect of it, then we have, it gives us, um, it illuminates more for us about what more we can tap into. It's not just yes. about, can we, can we create the right kind of, of you know, spaceship to travel to Mars or another solar system, mm -hmm. but rather, can we move in and out of these realities ourselves. Well, that's that's the point of it all. And that's what I think government and militaries just just used to kind of a very linear way of thinking. We're here to defend uh, uh, whoever they're here to defend. Uh, they haven't uh, accepted the spiritual levels of this vibrational shift. This The fact that actually we are really interdimensional. I think we travel through interdimensions all the time, at least in our dream state. So, and that's, I think that's part of the key to making contact. I mentioned that in my book is becoming lucid enough to understand altered states of consciousness and not just, um, you know, drug induced states that only gets you, uh, someone said, that's like looking out a window, but you want to go through the door to have access to that all the time. You want to call on that higher states uh, where it's not induced but uh, by you know, something outside of us, but it, it's, right. a, it's an aspect of our knowing. So let's get more lucid in these altered states and we will be able, I think, to establish contact 
because they don't exist in this realm, at least from my experiences. My experiences have been in dreamlike states. I wouldn't say there were dreams because you forget your dreams as you wake up in the morning, they sort of like fade. But these dreams I've had and many, many other people are dreamlike, but they're, you don't forget them. They are, they stay with you. And, and interestingly enough, um, you know, I've, I've, I've had a couple of experiences and when people talk about the grays, I know exactly what they smell like. You do? How do I, what? I, I do. It, it's what? like this, it's like this musty, earthy smell. And it's like, okay, well, yes, I've experienced these things in somewhat dreamlike state. And yet my sense of smell has, I've got this, this very distinct memory of it. Um, and, and so the question becomes then, okay, if it is happening in this other realm, then perhaps in, in our physicality, we can actually move from one dimension to another and one realm to another. Um, or perhaps it's also happening within the, the context of our 3D world. Well, we have to dissect what 3D world really is because we've been so um, narrowly conditioned to think in a very you know small-minded way by our media, our religion, our culture, all those things. And maybe the 3D world is is bigger than we thought. Like when I teach remote viewing and other courses, I play that video of the gorilla walking through this basketball court. Have you ever seen that one? Yes. And I'd say 90% of the people do not see the guy in the gorilla suit pounding its chest because I told them just count the number of passes and mm -hmm. I show it again. And they say, well, first I say, yeah, who saw the gorilla? They think I'm crazy because I've even asked the question. And that's right in their reality. They're looking at it. I just told them to look for something else. So we're so conditioned to see only what we've been conditioned to see. And um, there's a lot more happening right here. I've seen orbs around me in this reality, but I think... I think because you were able to smell and actually when my abduction, I had an actual mark on my leg, you know, like a little puncture mark that um, happened overnight when I was driving cross country and I felt like I was frozen throughout the night. So um, we have to redefine reality. We have to redefine what we think and what we know. We have to uh, broaden our uh, view of what's possible and um yeah, absolutely and and you know, speaking of broadening our view i mean for me along the way i've had some spontaneous things decades ago i had spontaneous past life memory um 15 years ago i had a spontaneous um basically seeing another version of me where i never moved from lincoln nebraska and interacted with her and I've had a couple of interactions like that. So it's- How was it? Was that depressing? No. <laughs> no, it was fascinating. I mean, okay. if, if, you know, I, and I can go into that more if you're okay. interested, but it's, um, her, her cigarette smoking was affecting my lungs in this life. Wow. And so I, um, I learned that I could sort of create a boundary. And then fast forward a number of years, I was, I was having a hard time letting go of some grief and 
all of a sudden while sitting in rush hour traffic, my guide sort of showed me her life versus my life. It was a, this vibrational AB comparison. And I understood where all this pain was about expansion. And this was the life I wanted to focus on right now. And so, you know, I, I talk about it in one of my YouTube videos, but it's, it's the kind of thing where if we can't wrap our, our silly little human minds around aspects of reality, then how are we going to um, integrate and process this this interaction with extraterrestrials that are coming from a much you know a much broader aspect of reality? Yeah, no, we have to retrain and re-educate ourselves about the nature of time space, the nature of our multi-dimensional existence, like like you've had, and even understanding past lives or maybe their parallel lives and. Mm-hmm. And this, you know, religion has gotten a hold of our belief systems. And um, this is not um, religious, but it's spiritual. And the spiritual science, the science of incarnation is the true science, which in a way, I don't know if you're religious or not, but it sort of does away with religion. It does away with the dogmas. And let's look at the science of who we are as incarnational beings in this body and the scope of our minds and let's let's throw out all the dogma and let's sit down and see why are we here who are we really and i think the ets whatever they are because no one really knows what they are are here to wake us up to what consciousness really is and i do think they can manipulate other time space dimensions with the power of their consciousness because they know how to use this and we just like all of us just stumble upon it once in a while we see a parallel life or a past life and it's like how did we get there or an out of body or or something but this is science of the mind that we could learn if we were only taught that it was okay, and we overcame the psychological um, barriers, the psychological barriers that have been put on us, not our own psychology, but what we're, what we think is cap- the mind is capable of. So when you start to see visions or, or have, hear voices even, psychology says you're crazy, but you know, what if we trusted that? And what if we overcame that very limited psychological framework and expanded the possibility of what we're allowed to think and feel and interact with. So I say psychology has done us a great service in understanding ourselves and it's done us a great disservice in distrusting our own minds. Mm-hmm. And, this- and our belief systems are, are so, so co-created by uh, the cultural structures from the family unit and religion um, to you know our educational system to our media and our government, mm-hmm. and the question becomes you know and this is conspiracy theory right, right. theory perspective um, has it have our belief systems been manipulated in order to preserve some sort of status quo that we might not be fully aware of. Well, yes, I do think so. I'll get into that. But that is why a lot of us in this disclosure movement are pushing the government to come forward, because once that's out, 
of the bag and it's sort of halfway out because the New York Times has said, you know, uh, well, there are UAPs, they're not from any place on Earth. The Navy has acknowledged UFOs. Louise Elizondo on 60 Minutes, if you saw that program, 60 Minutes says, look, UFOs are real. The government has said that. So once that is official, that allows other people to, to stretch their boundaries of belief. So we have been... Uh, I think it's sort of a conspiracy, but my what my research is that, and this might be shocking, is that we have been controlled by an alien force for thousands of years. Some people call that the archons and has limited our scope of thinking in order for us to be controlled. And these beings, this may be really out there, feed off our emotions, our addictions, our obsessions. That is their food, that energy. And so we've been kept in that role of fear and survival because that's what feeds that with this arconic race. And so what's happening now is that because the vibration is raising, they're losing their grip on that lower, denser mindset. Mm. And yet, Ellen, I think about what has unfolded over the last year and a half with our health crisis. And I'm not going to say any of the words that um, that are will trigger, you know, getting flagged on social right. media, YouTube. But um, the fear that has been generated is just incredible. And some may say that the fear was you know, there was good reason for the fear. Others may say that there wasn't good reason for the fear, but there's been a lot of fear. And I think that for many of us, what we've had to do for our evolution over the last year and a half is to step out of that fear. And if you think if what you're saying is true, and it, it may very well be true about, you know, the these races feeding off of the fear, then boy, they were having qu quite the banquet the past right. year and a half. Right. Well, it's never, I mean, fear is never anything um, that we have to listen to. I mean, if, if someone told you your house on, was on fire, you wouldn't fear it, you would take action. So I think even though the fear was generated this past year, I think taking precautions, actions, whatever. So we don't need to fear it if we're, you know, can take what it, what we need to do, so to protect us. And, and you know, and and Alan, um, for me, I was very afraid at, at the beginning, and then something happened, and I I kind of like my broke through my fear after a couple of months, and then I started doing research. I happen to be a former research statistician. I used okay. to design and analyze clinical trials. I've co-authored articles in medical journals. I know how to read medical journals. I know it makes a good study. And I started to listen without the fear and then do a, a dive into the, the actual research. And it's like, what did you find? Wait, wait, what did you find when you did dived into the research? Well, um, a, a lot of things. First of all, um, I have to be very careful because we've already like lost our streaming privileges on YouTube for a week because yeah. of my shows. But essentially, okay. um, this had no purpose and in fact it can increase your risk of, of respiratory illness okay. um, people weren't dying of viral infections it they were dying of hypoxia it was like things did not fit and if you look at the number of people who who died in our country and you look year by year by year by year 
you think, why was there such a big deal made? So I'm not going to go into details here. No, but then what, I started what hypoxia, what is that? Basically, the red blood cells cannot get oxygen. Mm. And so um, what happens is people who who climb high mountains and don't have the right equipment, oh. they get hypoxia. And one of the things that happens when you get hypoxia is your lungs fill with fluid. It's not a viral infection. It is, and, and you have coagulation issues, which can cause blood clots and that sort of thing. And so it's it's like, so when I stepped outside of the fear, which was a really important part of um, evaluating the nature of our reality, you know, wh whether it's what we're being told from, you know, the so-called experts in, in medicine or whether we're talking about alien interactions. It's like, if we can let go of the fear, then we can process the information differently and integrate perhaps a, a new perspective on reality. Well, that's exactly why I say in this book about these alien contacts, there's nothing to fear. We only fear what we know. This represents an unknown, an, a key unknown factor. There's, we may, they may not even be aliens. They may be something so utterly different than we can conceive. They may not be interdimensional. They may be I don't think we can even think about what they may be because it's outside our frame of reference, but that is what I think they are. And uh, there's nothing to fear about that. People only project what they know onto the unknown. I say the unknown is full of wonder, possibility, and excitement that, that a new chapter is unfolding in human history and the fear we have more to fear from each other, each other, fellow human beings than we do from anything out there. The worst has already happened that we've been mind controlled for thousands of years. So maybe this time of upliftment, some people say ascension, some people say transformation is upon us and people don't want to let go of the fear. They don't want to let go of the known because the known gives them a little safety and security. But what I'm saying is the unknown represents a much higher level of living, of, of human coexistence, of of waking up to the true potential in the human being, who we really are. This is what these beings are kind of coaxing us to a new future because mm, we've been our own worst enemies. So if we want to fear something, fear what we've already done to each other. But that time is changing, hopefully, where, where we have to know where one planet we are basically one species sharing consciousness this is what i write about what bruce lipton said in an interview i did with him at the end of my book we are not humans until we have humanity humanity is the global consciousness that 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 knows we're all cells in one living body and that we're all working in a coherent fashion but individual in our own sovereignty. So, you know, so anyone who's suffering is me suffering or right. starving or homeless. It's like, and you can just look at them and feel that. And this is what, you know, the human element of compassion and empathy and love and all these things, which are been universal concepts that, 
we've been trying to get to, but then we put up borders and boundaries and all these things. I mean, it's okay to have boundaries, I guess, but it's, you know, it's yeah. these, these, these divisions and that's what's, and, and weapons. And, you know, these ETs, if that's what they are, are very concerned about our nuclear weapons. And they've, they've been over these nuclear weapon silos, turning off the nuclear codes because that is what began this in increase this wave of flying saucers after the atom bomb was dropped they 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 showed up in roswell because that's where the people who dropped the atom bomb were located that's where they that, so it's like a key in there why roswell right why there so well because when i think when you blow up something like that you really disturb time and space you disturb the local universe and then and we're it's like you know wow what's that's going on these beings may have said it's like having a splinter in your little toe it's like maybe a small little thing but if you don't take it out if you don't like you know make your body whole it will bother you and that's we're like a little splinter because mm -hmm. we're so violent in nature and and it's our animal nature. So we have to rise above the animal, which has mm. been our 5,000 year process or 20,000 or 100,000 as some people say. So we're at a time of a discovery. Yeah, go ahead. Yes. I, I want to take a step back because um, you were talking about how, you know, we have perhaps been controlled for, you know, thousands of years by yeah. some species or some version of aliens, whether they're, you know, we consider them space, be space, uh, species or not. Um, and yet you're talking about aliens who want to help. Right. We've got two kinds, right? right. So first of all, should people be afraid? of aliens? Well, people should never be afraid because a fear, like I said, does never helps anyone. Like just if you were afraid of the, the virus, just turn off your television, you know, and stop listening. But okay, you're saying, okay, should people, what's your rest of that question? So, so um, you know, there, there are people who've talked about some pretty negative experiences within the context of alien abductions, alien interactions. It, and also if there are these species that want to control us and want us to be in fear, they don't seem like they're really our friends. So I think what happens is, you know, even within the consciousness community, there's, there's this sense of, okay, there, there are these, um, there's these beings who want to help us and are going to help us to, um, you know, become, you know, more expansive, more powerful beings and, and more peaceful planet. But what about the bad ones? Well, the bad ones, the ones that have been here for thousands of years controlling our minds, some people call them um, maybe the Anunnaki or some people, there's some shamanic traditions that talk about this. There's some uh, other uh, Gnostic traditions who talk about these demiurges, these false gods. So we, to, in order to overcome that, we have to be in control of our own minds. We have to be sovereign in ourselves. We have to know what we, who we are, what we think and get, over the conditioning of the dramas that we have locked us into fear and survival. So there's never any time to fear. Like I said, there's only time to take action. Fear is the 
emotional response to survival. But if your survival is threatened, do you fear it or do you do something about it? So if we can overcome the fear, be more lucid within the state of consciousness and get ourselves out of the mess we've created. So they're here to help those other beings, but they're not going to, you know, clean up our planet for us. The, 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 everything we've, you know, kept unsacred, you know, we have to clean up our mess, get over our addictions, get over our dramas. People, some people don't even know what that means to get over their dramas, but just step back and observe the, the chaos, observe it all. If you can be the observer of reality as opposed to the victim of it, then you're on a path of discovering the higher knowledge. So they're here to not do it for us, but to um, make sure we don't blow ourselves up and to not even assist us. You know, if you help the chick hatch out of the egg, it won't be strong enough to survive. Well, we're this little chick kind of, and the egg is a self-imposed limitation. And by overcoming that, I think we become equals to these beings that have dominated and controlled us for years. So if we can hatch ourselves out of this limited space, if we can get out of the matrix, and uh, Bruce Lipton says that, that movie was not just a motion picture. That was a documentary. So if we can get out of the matrix, as we've been told and brainwashed, and this is what's so great about your program and the internet and everything people are talking about, there's more access to information. Of course, there's a lot more stuff to wade through, but I think there's a chance for greater truth because of research we can all do. So yes, if we can start to wake each other up, remind each other who we are, realize that we're part of a greater cosmology, that life itself is not a freak chance of, of, of you know, some amino acids being combined in some, you know, salty sea by a strike of lightning, but life is an abundant quality throughout the multiverse and intelligent life is really what we descended from, not necessarily a god, but in a grand intelligence. You know, Freud's whole idea about the death wish was that things evolve back to the state that they came from. So if we're living, if we came from a dead universe, the natural impulse for living things is to go back to dead things. But if we've come from a higher consciousness, that same impulse is to evolve back to that higher consciousness. So, but yeah, and, it, I, yeah. and I think, Ellen, that if we can let go of the perpetual fear because that's really it it's it's the the habit of fear not the fear itself because when something comes up as you say there's you know the fear can trigger boundaries fear can trigger action um but if we aren't in that perpetual fear then it allows us to discern and tune in to that that higher power that that deeper wisdom to that sort of the energetics of what's here to support us and, and, and what needs to be dispelled. Um, right. So I think that we, if we could just get out of that, that, you know, that um, hamster wheel of fear, right. that that is a really powerful place to be. Right. We drop into who, if we can just sit in meditation, I think 
Pascal, the French philosopher, said all problems can be solved if you just sit for a few hours by yourself in a room. So it's like if we can just drop into who we really are, making contact is really making contact with ourselves, that part of our still small voice within and, um, you know, feel, I mean, I do that at night before I go to bed. I just like kind of lay there and collect myself and everything I've done and just find a piece that just allows me to go to sleep, just to drop into myself and feel relaxed. I mean, we have to create environments that are relaxing and not stressful. Mm -hmm. But if we can do that, that's better than going to any church or, you know, but some people find that in nature, in the Mm -hmm. woods, by the ocean, this, this kind of peace that passes all understanding. If you can find that, then you've dropped into the divine within. And if you have that place and are present with that place, fear does not exist in that place. And by the way, you said a phrase that I think is absolutely fabulous. Making contact is about making contact with ourselves. Yes. Yes. Wow. That's really powerful, Alan. Right. With ourselves, with the earth, each other, and whatever is in this unknown moment that we are on the threshold of so there's there's for me there's nothing to fear there's only excitement about what the unknown can bring because we don't know we're only projecting what we know onto the unknown but if you're just open krishnamurti says true freedom is freedom from the known and when you are at it's like being at the edge of your surfboard in a sense where you're just you know you're just there in the it's all rushing by you. And most people are looking backwards through life. But if we can look forward, then eternity is rushing into this greater mind that all of us possess. So, Alan, your book is called Making Contact. Can you tell our listeners and viewers a little bit more about um, the format of the book and why you chose to write it? Well, I chose to write it because it's something I've been obsessed with for uh, 30, 40 years since I had a contact experience in 1987, driving cross country. And it's in the book, my story. But I I wanted to prove this was true to myself. So I went to every single you know, UFO conference. I sought out people like Bud Hopkins and John Mack, uh, Whitley Strieber, Linda Moulton Howe. These are I call them the, the, the Michael Jordans of our league. These are the all-stars of our league. And I, want, I wanted to hear what they had to say because they've been researching this since the 70s, some of them. And um, they are really intelligent people. So I put the best I could find in this book. So this is a collection of the best and the brightest who have studied the phenomena from their own point of view. And they all have their own opinions. And part of the reason of making an anthology is because no one has all the answers. I want the reader to come to their own conclusion. So the format is to go from the external, the exo, to the eso. The exo 
Eso, exoteric, like what, what is the government saying? What are the, the nuts and bolts hardware of the phenomena? And going, that's the first essay by Nick Pope, who worked for the Ministry of Defense in the UK. They would just investigate sightings, confirm sightings, and that's one level people seeing the objects. And that's sort of the level we're at now with the government. Yes, there are objects out there. We don't know what they are. This is what Nick Pope says. Yeah, there's something there. We don't know what they are. But then the next chapter is Grant Cameron, who says that, well, if you really want to know what's going on, talk to the experiencers. Don't talk to the military. They don't know what's going on. So then we get into this understanding of what people have had interactions. And we go deeper into that that subject. So it goes from investigators to what I call researchers, people like John Mack, who was a Harvard psychiatrist. You, do you know who John Mack was? Yes, yes. He wrote the book Abduction. He thought all these people were crazy talking about their abductions and their interaction until he started talking to these people. And he said, well, these people are not any crazier than anyone else. And what they're feeling is real emotion. So he said, maybe they're having an experience outside our paradigm of belief because just because it doesn't fit into our worldview doesn't mean it's not possible. Like those people I showed that video to who didn't see the gorilla, they thought that was impossible, but that wasn't their worldview because I directed their worldview. I said, just look at the people counting the passes. So we have to expand our worldview. We have to expand what's possible. This is what John Mack says. Linda Moulton Howe talks to whistleblowers inside government who have come forward and told her in this chapter, she says, what these alien races are like, who they are, what they want here. And then they go into people who are deep inside the phenomenon, like Whitley Strieber, who wrote the book Communion. And he was initially freaked out and that addresses what you said before. I would say from the from the study called Free that Edgar Mitchell and Ray Hernandez put together, 80% of the people who have had these scary abductions have come around and saw the benefit of it. They saw that on some level it was there to evolve them. So yes, there's trauma involved when these things show up in the middle of the night and we're not prepared for them. But in the integration process of that, there's a expansion of mind. So it's not pleasant. I mean, I'm still, I wouldn't say traumatized, but I haven't integrated all of my experience for some reason. So there's a, so yes, it may seem like an invasion and maybe it is because they don't have great bedside manners, but um <laughs> There's something bigger going on here. And if it is a multidimensional world and we exist on many levels at once, then maybe part of us was responsible for that. I mean, I'm not excusing awful behavior that way, but um, there is an assimilation where people feel there's a shift in their own consciousness once they make peace with this um, this interaction. So I talked to Whitley Strieber and then I talked to people who've had very positive contacts, people like Daryl Anka. You know who Daryl Anka is? Mm-hmm. He channels Bashar. He's had a 38 year relationship with this entity, extraterrestrial entity named Bashar. 
And he writes a chapter as himself talking about what it's like to make contact with an extraterrestrial for all this time and how he's woken up. And I talked to Mary Rodwell, who's talking to star seeds and talking to children three and four and five years old about what they remember from their other lives, other planets coming here to Earth and the messages of of hope and cleaning up the planet that they bring here. And the last chapter is Carolyn Corey, who I think is probably one of the most integrated people with this ET consciousness. She says, in a sense, she doesn't say that, but what I extract from this is that we are extraterrestrial. Our minds, what makes us human is very different than all the other animals on this planet. There's something that I feel has been upgraded and manipulated and hybridized for human beings that make us different. And I think who we are are extraterrestrial beings in a earth body. But now it's time to wake up to this greater cosmology and find out who we really are and not keep that a secret. I don't know why the government's having such a hard time saying aliens, come on, just come out and say it. Right. Well, I, I think I, I think that there's some stuff to unpack there. But before right. we go any further, I want people to know how they can connect with you and um, how yes. they can buy one of your books or your book. Well, I've been doing shows a couple of times a week on this subject. It's on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash new realities. You can email me at new realities at earthlink.net and buy the book making contact. You can buy it on Amazon, Alan Steinfeld, making contact, just type that in. It's also on Kindle and audio. It's on Barnes and Noble. It's on all these other places that sell books, but I think Amazon gives me the best ratings and write a review if you like the book. And it's this anthology that will take you deeper and deeper and deeper into what making contacts all about. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we need the perspective right now. And, and it's interesting, Ellen, because I think that um, for a long time, I thought, well, the government knows, but they, they just don't think that we can handle it. And I've come to another place now. I'm, I'm starting to suspect that um, they either aren't allowed to let us know about it or there's something that they don't want us to know about it because it will affect how we feel about government. Um, Well, the other thing is maybe they just don't know what's going on. Maybe they they can't explain it. And the other thing is maybe they're being manipulated by those negative ETs, right? Not to come out. And that could be possible, um, but I think something is changing. Don't you feel that? Yeah. And, and I think that um, there's, what I sense is that there's some fear about what is changing, not just from the, whatever the negative energy is, but mm-hmm. from the government itself. And some of us have this gut sense that before we get really good disclosure, we're going to get a version of fake disclosure that's mm. going to put us into greater fear or attempt to put us into greater fear about it. So I, I think that your message right now about getting out of fear is a really important one. Right. I don't know if we're going to get the fake disclosure, the false flag stuff. I know that's been going around, but I don't get that. I don't get that that's what they're going to do because it would be too, it's too obvious. It's too, um, 
No, I think they have a hard enough time just explaining it without even putting on this kind of whole scenario. This is my feeling. And they are putting out the word threat. You know, this government program is called Advanced Threat Identification. But uh, Danny Sheehan, you know who Danny Sheehan is? He's the lawyer for, he's a, he's the lawyer for Luis Elizondo. He's a people's, he's a people's defendant. He defended John Mack at Harvard when they wanted to throw him out. He defended Daniel Ellsberg with the Pentagon Papers. He was a lawyer at Standing Rock, one of the, standing up for the the Lakota Sioux. So he's now defending uh, Luis Elizondo in this whistleblower complaint when they tried to do away with his record. And he asked Luis, well, what's the fear part here? And Alessandro says, well, none of the higher ups seem to be concerned about it when we talked about these UAPs. And there seems to not be a fear factor. That's just a way of getting money to study something by putting that word threat in there. But if we were really told the truth about this, I think this would be a great day. Imagine free energy. Imagine the biological breakthroughs. Imagine the... um, the shift in history, the shift in perspective. I think this represents a renaissance that we are at the verge of if we can get rid of the fear, the limitations. Yeah, I think there's fear among people because their world is going to change, you know. Their world is, and with reality is more solid than the ground beneath your feet. And if we tell people it's not what they thought it was, there will be a reaction. But why not be told the truth and wake up to the new realities of extraterrestrial existence? That's the subtitle of the book and, and, and face a greater world, face a greater possibility of life in the universe. I think it's a glorious time ahead. If we can just get over the fear, like you said. And I think that it may actually um, blow our minds in terms of what it means to be within the context of this matrix we're in right and we need to have our minds blown because it's not working on the level that's going on now it's the planet the mass extinctions the planet being destroyed i think the environmental crisis and ufos are going to pull us together to realize we are one planet one species one humanity and that's a greater future okay so um, again, I want to mention new realities on YouTube, right. and the book is called Making Contact. Uh, well, thank you for this intelligent discussion because most people just have their questions planned out, but I prefer the dialogue where we can discover together. Yeah, and there's there's so much to discover. My mind has been blown along the way, and I um, love taking a deep dive. I love the fact that you are taking the bird's eye view and presenting many different perspectives because that's where that that observer mode is where we find truth and no one has a whole truth this is what i discovered in the ufo phenomena as i researched it well everyone's saying something slightly different i need to put this together for myself There's, that's what i asked the reader to do mm. read it all without judgment and then see what do you make of all this how does, does Love this it. Make sense yeah thank you alan Thank you. Did you get a copy of the book? I'm going to send you a copy. I haven't gotten it yet, but I got the the PDF to to be able to read. So thank you. And also, folks, 
Um, I've got two different programs getting launched on the Academy of Divine Knowledge this month. So um, go to the homepage of my website and you'll be able to link to register for that. And there's a whole lot of other good stuff there. Alan, thanks again. Making yeah. contact. Exciting times. Get it on Amazon. Thanks, Christine, for your time. Thank you. And thank you all for joining us here today. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.